Welcome to Jingle Jank, the show where we find offbeat and obscure Christmas music on YouTube. I'm your host, Scott, joined as always by the California Christmas musicologist, Jay. Hello, Jay. How's it going, dude? I'm doing great. How has your family been celebrating Christmas in July? Oh, man. Or have they? Well, you know, we have. We haven't, in a manner of speaking, California style, which has been a little bit more time at the beach as usual. And last weekend, we painted our fence. That's how we celebrated. And uh, I feel a little bit uh, like a raisin after spending two solid days in the sun painting and uh, not really not really glad about that, but glad to be in inside this weekend talking about Christmas music and not outside painting. So do you think mentally this will provide a little uh, cooling off from your over sunning? Yeah, I think so. But I'm like, I'm ready for fall. I'm ready. I think I'm kind of I don't want to say I'm done with summer because I feel like in still July, that's not the right thing to say. But I'm ready for the winter, dude. Yeah, but you live in Southern California, so you get to be outside all year. It's not like the summer means that you need to do all the outdoor things because you'll be trapped inside for six months in winter. So I can see how a really hot portion of the summer just doesn't do much for you. Yeah, it doesn't. And it's like being somebody who grew up on uh, in the Northeast, like you, you get your body starts to look forward to fall. You start to, I mean, yeah. you know this, you start to look for that cooling off and it just, it doesn't come in California. It just gets hotter as the fall goes on. And then for like a month, it's winter and Christmas, which is awesome. And then it's just back to the same weather again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to fall. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm kind of over the heat. I was mowing the lawn in the 95 degrees and it just wasn't very much fun. So let's talk about some Christmas music today. Yes. Let's cool off and uh, let's think about cooler times. We have a fun topic today, Jay. Yes, we do. An interesting one. And I'm, I'm really quite surprised that it's episode 29 and we're just getting to this topic, Scott. Yeah, we're going to talk about Christmas songs that are about animals today. Not sung by animals. So we're not going to listen to <laughs> dogs barking jingle bells. We're not going to listen to Alvin and the Chipmunks. This is where the theme of the music is about an animal. Okay, okay. So there's no Scooby-Doo or anything like that in this? No, nothing like that. Chipmunks. Nope, no chipmunks. That's, you know, that, that's just not... That would have been a little meta, right? <laughs> Can you get chipmunks singing songs about animals? And we're also not going to talk about reindeer, because Christmas songs about reindeer, that's like shooting fish in a barrel. I wanted to go a little more obscure than that. So are, are you on board for this topic today? Yeah, I think so. And that, that sounds fair enough. And I agree. The uh, reindeer thing would have been too bullseye for this. Yeah. And surprisingly, it's harder than I thought to find Christmas songs about animals, or at least just to search for it. There are probably obvious ones that I've forgotten, but we do have a good list today. And if we have time, we'll get six songs in today because uh, some of them are a little short on the notes about these people. But I do have some notable songs that we did not pick. Are you ready for them? Yeah, please. Okay. And I'm mentioning these because I don't want emails about how we forgot these songs. We're not going to do Puppies Are Forever by Sia. We're not going to do Fly On Christmas Dragon by Robbie Grant. We're not going to do Christmas at the Zoo by the Flaming Lips. And we're not going to do Christmas Piglet by the Presidents of the United States of America. Are you are you fine with those omissions? Yeah, I am, especially that, that last one, although it does sound kind of interesting. Yeah, the sound quality was crummy on it. That's why I didn't go with it. Uh, before we get into it, Jay, I do have a little bit of housekeeping. Okay, let's hear it. Melinda Bowman wrote in to let us know that she was the one that suggested our acapella Christmas episode last year. And I guess at the time I told her it was a good idea, but I forgot that she was the one that suggested it. So 
Uh, apologies to Melinda. Thank you for being our muse on that one. Yes, thank you very much, Melinda. And way to be on point there and calling us out on that. Credit where it's due to Melinda. I like that one a lot. Uh, Sean from the Christmas Podcasts podcast wrote in to let us know that Kenny Rogers died last year. And we didn't mention that. And that was an omission. He did? According to, um, well, not just according to Sean. I don't think he made it up because I went and verified it. So, yeah, According to Sean. <laughs> Allegedly, Sean. Seanopedia. Uh, but he yeah. said to pour one out for the gambler, and I totally agree. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, re- I remember, I'm remembering that now. And, uh, yeah, that's good. Sean, thanks for pointing that out. I am, like, I think, I don't know if it's a certain age that you get to or just whatever, but I am well past that point in life where I can no longer remember who's alive or who's dead anymore. Yeah, yeah. They, they start dropping when you're in your 40s. I also have to ask Siri how old I am sometimes, and she can do the math for me. Yeah, you know what? What kills me? I have to pick up prescriptions occasionally for my children, and, they, and the pharmacists always ask how what their birth dates are and i'm yeah, like exactly oh, uh, <laughs> i gotta write that down on my hand <laughs> have you ever picked up a prescription for your wife with your wife and they say what's her birthday and you're like uh and then you look like a fool <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that's the same same category <laughs> jack from the total christmas podcast wrote in and said our acapella episode had some of the best music we've ever played and it felt very christmasy that was very nice jack always good to hear from jack and i agree i really liked it and uh kind of delved into a topic that was a, like the, the structure of acapella and what qualifies and what doesn't was something I wasn't expected to be interesting with that, uh, with that genre of music. And it was really cool. It was fun. And the last thing today, I saved the nicest one for last. We got a note from Josh Allen on Facebook the other day, and I'm going to read it directly. He said, listening to you guys is like catching up with old friends whom I've known for a long time. It brings a smile to my face. Josh, that was one of the nicest notes we've ever gotten, and it was highly appreciated. Yeah, very much so, Josh. Really appreciate that. Thank you. He also used the word whom, right? And I really like that as a grammar nerd. Yes. So the last bit of housekeeping, Jay, is that next week is our one-year anniversary. Whoa, one year. What are we going to do? I don't know. This is going to be the closest episode to our one-year anniversary, which was August 2nd of last year. So congratulations on a year, Jay. Yeah, a, tr- a whole trip around the sun. It feels good. I think, uh, I, I don't know about you, man, but I feel like we are right on track on the vision of what it is that we had hoped to do. What do you think? I think we're just getting going. Yeah, I agree. I'm having more fun than I ever have. I think the quality of our episodes is getting better, as evidenced by notes from people like Josh Allen who say that they really like uh, you know what we're doing. So I say, let's keep going. Yeah, the party rolls on. All right. Why don't we start getting into some music here, Jay? Let's do it. Some of the songs today are going to be well-known. Most of them are going to be pretty unique and original. And this one is by a very famous artist, but I had never heard of it. This is Bobby Wants a Puppy Dog for Christmas by Merle Haggard. Here we go. Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas. I know you plan to bring electric train. Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas That's the only song we hear him sing Santa, please remember Bobby's lonely The closest neighbor's farm is quite a ways And the country school don't have no children Bobby's size 
And I'd like to give him something he can raise And Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas I know you plan to bring an electric train But Bobby wants a puppy dog for Christmas And that's the only song we hear him sing All right, that was... Bobby Wants a Puppy Dog for Christmas by Merle Haggard. Jay, our listeners can't see your face, but it looks like you just bit into a lemon. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, well, you know, I don't mind the song. I should That's probably not a ringing endorsement. So I, I like Merle Haggard. I respect you know, the artist here, as you said. Merle Haggard's a legendary country singer, uh, country musician. But, uh, you know, I, I just I don't like that this twangy kind of thing. It's not my favorite style of music. And I just, I don't understand like how dogs are not hard to come by. You know, I maybe it's, I I just, I'm missing. There's a plot hole in this for me. (laughs) Well, the, according to the lyrics, the, the kid is lonely and needs a dog. I thought, I thought dogs were a dime a dozen in the country. Yeah. Maybe they're not. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not hard to find a dog. Well, this song is from the 1973 album, Merle Haggard's Christmas Present. And from Wikipedia, Merle Ronald Haggard was an American country singer, songwriter, guitarist, and fiddler. He died at age 79 in 2016. We don't want another repeat of the this artist is alive or this artist is dead fiasco like we had with Jack. So I was really careful on this one. Uh, I didn't know this, Jay. He was nominated for 13 Grammy Awards, but he only won two. Now, I say only like that's some small achievement. Winning a Grammy Award is a great achievement, but for somebody as legendary as Merle Haggard, I really thought it was going to be higher. Yeah, I'm surprised he only won two. He definitely, uh, I don't have the Wikipedia page up, but he, he was part of that kind of, that Waylon Jennings, that Chris Christopherson, I think that kind of, not not the highway men, but one of the, he was kind of that genre of country music. I think the, like like genuine, like the last real badass, mm. <laughs> like authentic country musicians. You know, not like the Kenny Chesneys of today type of. You know, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so, the kind that smoked cigarettes without filters. Yeah, these guys were like real haggards. No pun intended. There. <laughs> Discogs lists 113 albums for Merle Haggard. Now that sounds about right. Prolific. Yeah, that was a pretty prolific one. Uh, Jay, when I found this song, I actually found a different version before this. I didn't know it was by Merle Haggard. So the other version that I found was by Bowling for Soup, a pop punk band. Let me play a quick clip for you. Mommy wants a puppy dog for Christmas. That's the only song we hear it sing. Now, I thought it was only right to play the most original version that we could of this. So I didn't play the Bowling for Soup version, but I have to be honest, I like that version a lot better. What do you think? Yeah, much better. Yeah. I mean, not even not even close. Yeah, but, <laughs> no in, offense, but Merle no. Haggard, you know, you, you, we have to give credit where it's due there. Yeah, again, and our listeners know I'm on the record as not being a huge fan of country music in general and especially country Christmas, save for a couple of songs here and there. So I'm going to have to pan this one. Yep, not my favorite either. Uh, I did see that Dwayne from Tinsel Tunes is putting out a country Christmas music episode this month, and he asked for feedback on it. I wasn't going to say, oh, I'm not a big fan of it. I I feel like to do our jobs properly, we should yes. you know, be open and receptive yes. to all types of music. So I did include this one today, but you're right. I would not put it on a playlist. I wouldn't listen to it again. Yeah. But 
if you like country music, it's a pretty good song. It had, it checks all the boxes. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like the genre, but I listen to all, and that never, I never close the door on any genre of music for that reason. Well, let's take a 180 degree turn and play something completely different now. Okay. What do you think? Yes. Okay. This is Darcy the Dragon by Roger Whittaker. Christmas was coming and Darcy the Dragon was thinking what he should do. Go through the forest and into the village to pick up a gift or two. For through the forest, dear Darcy had friends that he loved very much. He thought it'd be fine at Christmas time to give each a present or such. But Darcy'd forgotten the very thing that makes a dragon unique. Unlike a horse, a dragon, of course, breathes fire whenever he speaks. Off to town, dear Darcy went, but woe is me, oh lament. Before a dragon penny was spent, he'd started a tiny fire. He said he was sorry, our Darcy did, he helped put the fire out. The folks forgave him, for he'd been kind, and off he went looking about. Into the toy shop did Darcy go, with thoughts of his forest friends. I'll buy each again, he said with the flame and the second fire, it was then. That was Darcy the Dragon by Roger Whitaker. Now, Jay, this song was brought to us by Bran from Deck the Hallmark, friend of the show. When... I started talking to him before we even recorded our first episode. He mentioned this was an obscure Christmas song that I and I had never heard of it then. I can still honestly say never in my uh, passing life have I ever heard this song played. Yeah. I had to go seek it myself. What did you think of it? Uh, well, thank you, Bran, our, our bearded friend from Deck the Hallmark. That's a, this mm-hmm. is a great, a great find. Um, you know, is all- it? Well, here's the thing. All I can think of is he bravely ran away. He bravely <laughs> turned his tail and fled. <laughs> like Monty Python asked. Yeah. yeah, it does. I just picture the guy with the coconuts running. <laughs> so, um, I, this was really trippy. Like, if this is not intended to be children's music, that it's really even trippier. Uh, I thought it was kind of out there. Now, I'm still processing this one. <laughs> one of the reasons I included this song by Roger Whitaker, Jay, is that you and I have a very special memory. Yes. I'm, I'm actually putting you on the spot. I'm not sure if you remember this, but I want to take you back. Are you ready? Please. The year was, I don't know, it was probably 1991. You and I are young bucks sitting on your parents' couch. We're watching television and a commercial for Roger Whitaker comes on. And I don't have the actual commercial. I couldn't find it. Oh. But I do have uh, a close approximation. Here we go. His voice is loved around the world. You wouldn't worry me. The rich, warm sound of Roger Whitaker. Once in a while he won't call. Now, Heartland Music presents Roger Whitaker in his all-new collection, Sincerely Yours. Oh, my. (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) To me. (laughs) Now, that wasn't the actual commercial. What I do remember of the commercial is the voiceover. And kids, uh, and I, I will say kids here, kids won't have any way of knowing that they used to sell CDs and cassettes and records on the television. There were commercials like this yeah. for these collections like KTEL Records and stuff. You never see those anymore. No. Uh, but 
a lot of them were pretty cool. There was a, there was a Time Life Christmas one, and they would start playing the commercial, and that was a high watermark for the Christmas season starting. That would be one of the earliest holiday commercials I would see in the fall. But this one, we were sitting on your parents' couch, and the voiceover starts, and it says, Roger Whitaker, one of the best-selling artists of all time. And you and I looked at each other, we're like, who? Never heard of this guy before. 200 never, gold I had never records. Heard of him. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This has got to be a sham. <laughs> yeah, 250 gold, silver, and platinum albums. And we were like, you, yeah, we thought actually that that's it. We, we actually thought it was wrong or a joke or something. Yeah. We, we didn't have access to information outside of, you know, the library or well, this wasn't like something you could run out and look it up. This was just you had to sit there and be watching whatever rerun we were probably watching at three o'clock in the afternoon yeah. on a weekday where they were advertising. Oh, mine. mine papa. Papa. <laughs> yeah. So that holds a special place in my heart. Not because I Ooh, like Roger a, Whitaker. A, a deep, that's a, that's a long callback. <laughs> yeah, it's a deep cut from the Jay and Scott archive. <laughs> it sure is. Now this particular song, Darcy, the dragon is from the 1976 album, a Roger Whitaker Christmas. From Wikipedia, Roger Whitaker is a British singer, songwriter, and musician who was born in Nairobi to English parents, and he is currently 85 years old, so very much alive. His, okay. mu- his music is an eclectic mix of folk music and popular songs, in addition to radio airplay hits. He is best known for his baritone singing voice and trademark whistling ability, as well as his guitar skills. I did not bring a clip of his whistling ability, Jake. Yeah, that's all right. We can we can you know check that out. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big on whistling. Um, so I, I can I can go without it. Yeah, you know I thought just you know, as far as the song is concerned, though, definitely uh, eclectic is a good word to to describe that. It doesn't sound like his other music that we've heard bits and pieces of, um, but definitely had like you know kind of reminded me of that bard that uh, sing songy uh, kind of uh, storytelling thing that was pretty neat. Yeah, and I could almost picture Will Ferrell doing a yeah. SNL like <laughs> commercial for this, for this kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, Discogs lists him as having 170 albums, Ooh. so even more prolific than the last guy. Yeah, and career to date, Whitaker has earned over 250 gold, silver, and platinum album awards. Yeah, I don't know. I think some of these older crooner type singers, you know, and he's not a crooner, I guess, but. You know, the more you go into some of these catalogs, I don't know, kind of croonish. Yeah, these guys just churned out albums. I mean, they would just sing anything. I mean, if like I like Frank Sinatra. Have you ever listened to any of his songs? I mean, he's got songs that are just about <laughs> absolutely nothing at all. I mean, they're just like it's like the guy made up the words as he was going. You know, and people just bought it. <laughs> yeah, and someone like this would sing a lot of other people's songs, so you'd hear you know Moon River and all this other stuff. But they would just sing anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good singer, though. Yeah. A nice voice. He's not my style. Another song that I wouldn't put on the playlist, but I had never heard of Darcy the Dragon. Yeah, this is a... Um, I might work this one into a playlist, you know, for our listeners. If you're trying to, like, get a yuck or something like that. I like to sometimes put sound bites and clips and stuff like that in between in between tracks. This is a good one to weave in. Yeah, you should put it on one of those... Um, playlists for your uh, road trips yeah. and see what your kids think. Don't even say anything, just let it play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do have a quick discussion of the lyrics here. Uh, the song is about a dragon named Darcy, and he wants to buy presents for his friends in town, but he keeps setting fire in town because he's a dragon. Yeah. After getting shunned from the town, he swallows a big winter storm and it puts the fire in his belly out and he's able to buy presents. So that's the gist of the song, Jay. 
I'm not sure I love the message and the meaning here because it's kind of like, you know, yeah. change and conform to other people's standards. I, I kind of like yeah, Darcy yeah. better as a dragon because dragons are supposed to yeah. breathe fire. Maybe the townspeople could have figured out a way that he could have gotten some presents without having to put out his special ability. Yeah, it seems like cold people would benefit from a fire-breathing dragon if they learned to work together. See, that's actually where I thought the song was going to yeah. go. I thought it was going to be like, oh, the big winter storm made it so the townspeople couldn't get wood. And they were all going to freeze, so he breathes fire over the town. That's a better yeah, song. Yeah, seems like a miss. <laughs> Write that one down. Missed opportunity, Raj. Let's move on to a song that I know you know very well. But it's by an artist that I'm fairly certain you do not know very well. This is Dominic the Donkey by Biagio. It's Dominic the Donkey, chingity ching, the Italian Christmas donkey. La la la, la 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 la, la la la, la 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 you da. Santa's got a little. His name is Dominic, the cutest little donkey. You never seen him kick. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. Hey, chingity ching, it's Dominic the donkey. Chingity ching, the Italian Christmas donkey. La la la, la 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 la. That was Dominic the Donkey by Biagio. Now, Jay, I couldn't play the original Dominic the Donkey by Lou Monty. That song is just way too popular. But I love Dominic the Donkey as a song, and I wanted to find a way to include it today. This was one of the only covers I could find. And I suspect that part of the reason is because this song consistently shows up on the most hated Christmas songs list, even though I love it. What do you think? Really? I guess I can see why it would be on the most hated list. I like it. I mean, this is a, it's a funny song. It's an iconic song. And it's, you know, it's very, it's very American. Yeah. And in, in that it's about an Italian. I was going to say it's very Italian, but okay. Well, it is, you know, that that's like, I don't know, you might. Um, you think it's Italian American? I think the idea of there being such a thing as an Italian American is a uniquely <laughs> American thing in that. An Italian-American, for any of our listeners who are not American, is that somebody who has some who's born in America, who could be generations of people behind them born in America, but has some Italian lineage. And and for that, they would call themselves Italian-American, which I think I've come to see in my in my later adult life as being a very bizarre (laughs) and 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 flawed and uniquely American thing. Yeah, this is kind of like the song um, equivalent of the red checkered tablecloths at an Italian restaurant. You look at it and you're like, do they really do this in Italy? I doubt it. Yeah, and it's like it's way off our topic, but it is a fascinating cultural aspect of like if, if I went to if I went and moved to Japan and generations of my family continued to live in Japan, we would never be Japanese. Yeah. We'd always be American. Yeah. You know, like it's a very it's a very unique and neat thing. So I, that's what makes me laugh is that this is kind of like a conjured thing. It's very cool. So I like this cut. I like this guy. This this Italian, like this, this uh, Biagio. Go, go get into the show notes. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. Biagio, go on. This is from the 2018 album The Italian Touch. And according to his own website, Biagio is a quote, Italian singing sensation. 
Um, did you notice? Self-proclaimed. Did you notice this had a really strong dance beat? Yes, I did. I really liked that. I don't know, not because I expect to be down in the club listening to this, but I actually have some thoughts on this, Jay, because one of the ways that I judge if a song is a good cover version of a song is, does it stay true to the original? That's half of it. The other half is, do they bring something unique to it, or is it just kind of like Kids Bop, where it's a, a cash grab replay of the same thing. Yeah. This one, I guess, using that dance beat, brought a little bit of originality, although it did stay very close to the original. Yeah, uh, and I like, uh, uh, we're in the process of rewatching The Sopranos, which is why this Italian-American mm-hmm. thing is probably <laughs> percolating around my brain. But just so many of these, per- like this kind of personality and just putting this uh this flavor on it i think it's a neat like i think we could do a whole show just on like italian american christmas songs okay put a pin in that one put a pin Um, in it all right possibly italian uh cultural appropriation there's just yeah but there's so many cool there's there's like a ton of really neat and wonky and you know the the dinner of seven fishes i mean there's so many cool italian and italian american christmas traditions and i recently found out through ancestry.com now that i am through my genealogy test that i am uh, about uh, 18 percent italian so hmm makes me wonder what the other uh 82% is, but we'll get into that another time. Yeah, we can come back to it. Okay, a couple notes on this one. Even though his website lists Biagio as an Italian singing sensation, I looked him up on Discogs, and there are no listings for an artist named Biagio Benevenga. So I'm not really sure what the disconnect there is. His website, and this is, I know this is going to sound like a joke, Jay. It's not. His website is whatsamatau.com. <laughs> Greatest URL it's whatsa-mata.u. ever. I'll try to remember to put the link in the show notes. And there's a song on this album, The Italian Touch, called Shut Up Your Face. <laughs> so a little bit leaning into the Italian stereotype. But he is Italian, so I don't know. I don't really know what to make of this whole thing. I just wanted to include Dominic the Donkey today. Yeah, I don't remember what the topic for the episode was, but we did a Joe Pesci song way back in... in yeah, that was in, our very first episode. Was it? Ago. Wow, that's a, this is a yep. good callback for a year later then. This this falls into the category of there is a certain number of people that will buy this in the grocery store checkout island just because there's an Italian flag on it and it yep. says Christmas music. <laughs> yes, exactly. I do want to play a quick clip of the original Dominic the Donkey J by Lou Monty. Here it is. Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the Donkey. Jingity jing. The Italian Christmas donkey. La, la, la. That was recorded in 1960 by Lou Monty, and it's the classic version, but it's also very popular. My wife hates the song, as a quick aside, and I've taught my daughter to love it. So now she and I will wander around the house going, ee-aw, ee-aw, and it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. If you're not living, I mean, that's marriage. If you're not so slowly jabbing your spouse whenever you can, <laughs> what's it? Why, why bother? The next song today is... Christmas is Going to the Dogs by a band called Eels. Are you ready? Yes. Get off your sled and go to bed. Don't you ever tire. Throw a bone, I'm finally home. Curled up by the fire. Snow is falling from the sky like ashes from an urn. Sweet dreams, my little one. Now it's my turn. Well, Christmas is going to the dogs. 
Christmas is going to the dogs by a band called Eels. I don't think it's the Eels, Jay. It's always tough. I never know what to do with that, but it's by Eels. What did you think? Well, first of all, I was hoping for the, like, this is like the super meta song, right? It's a song about animals by a band that's named after an animal. So Mm. this is really like, it's kind of like the fortune cookie, if you will, of songs on this one. I liked it in terms of music. Like I would like to hear more of what this band plays, period. They had I thought it kind of had a vintage British feel, but it also sounded a little bit like I could hear Jack Johnson covering this. Yeah. Yeah. It had that kind of, you know, it's not the same voice, but the musically it sounded a little bit like cake. Oh, it did, yeah. So This song is from the soundtrack to the 2000 movie Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which I have never seen, Jay, Yeah, because the only version of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas is the 1957 animated classic, and I will accept no substitutes. Yes, I would firmly agree with you, and I, haven't, I, ha- I have seen others since then, uh, obviously, vis-a-vis the kids, but that's the only one I like. Uh, some notes here. Eels is an American rock band formed in Los Angeles, California in 1991. So more recent than I thought. Yeah. I don't really have any other information about them. Uh, there was a notable lyric that I liked here. We'd rather have chew toys than Yule logs. I don't know why I liked that. I just thought it was kind of clever. Yeah. I think that I would definitely like to hear more of what these guys are. And I'm going to have to, this is, uh, one I'll take away after the show and dig into their catalog a little bit. So not much to say about that one. I knew that was going to be a little shorter, and um, looking at the time, I think we're going to have time to do six songs today. So let's do number five. Good. This is I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas by Gretchen Wilson. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. I don't want a doll, no dinky tinker toy. I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy. That was I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas by Gretchen Wilson. Jay, did we ever do an episode where we played songs that were covers that we thought were better than the originals, or did we just talk about doing it? I think we've talked about doing it, and we I think we got into the who sung it better thing, which is like a derivative of that. Or It is a derivative of that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, but I know where you're going, dude. This is hands down way better than the original. The original <laughs> makes me want to poke my eyes out with a spoon. Well, since you mentioned it, let's play a quick clip of the original because we know how much Jay loves little kid voices. Here we go. <laughs> I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Is it nails on a chalkboard for you, Jay? Oh, It's really <laughs> okay. Before you get too spun up here, I think this version by Gretchen Wilson is great. 
and I think it far exceeds the original source material. There are several good covers of Oh, a Hippopotamus for Christmas. One's by Leanne Rimes, and, and I really liked that one. But this one just stuck out to me, and I liked it, and I, I liked the voice of Gretchen Wilson. What do you think? I, I agree. I think Gretchen Redneck Woman Wilson does a much better job than uh, than the original recording of the song. Uh, and this is definitely like this is this. I kind of feel like falls into the Dominic category. This is one of those songs I feel like people either love or hate. And that first, you know, that Cupid doll thing in the original version is, you know, you either love it or you hate it, I think. Yeah, using this version, though, taking that weird voice out, I think, helps me make a better judgment of do I like the song or not. I think it's an okay song. I don't love it. For some reason, my mother loves this song, and she has hippopotamuses on the tree. I don't know. Maybe growing up in the 50s did that to you. I don't know. Yeah, I you know, listen, I I have to I have a 40-pound a dog, and I have to bag her turds when we go for a walk. I cannot imagine <laughs> wanting a hippopotamus. Yeah, it's not a very practical <laughs> pet. Uh, since you mentioned it, Jay, let's talk about Gretchen Wilson for a second. This song is from the 2013 album Christmas in My Heart by Gretchen Wilson. She's an American country artist. She made her debut in March 2004 with the Grammy Award-winning single Redneck Woman. I brought a clip. Now, I don't want to get into a long discussion about this, Jay, but one of the things that absolutely bugs me in life are people that get wrapped up too much in an identity. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, and I think our country would be a whole lot better off if we were less wrapped up in our identities and our tribes like this. So I'm a redneck woman. Oh, I just can't stand it. But I do like Gretchen Wilson. Yeah, yeah, it's a definitely, yeah, definitely. It's not my... Uh not my my favorite genre, as we know, so I won't beat up on it too much. But I definitely think she did right by this cover for sure. Yeah, and when I listen to country music, which is rare, I do like this style, this much more modern, less twangy, less fifties and sixties country. Yeah, this, this modern. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's got a little bit more. It charges a little bit more, and I think it's you know modern country. Other than being called modern country, it's almost it's just a, like a, a different genre of music altogether. Well, the last song today, this one's going to be an interesting one, so buckle up. This is Earl the Christmas Squirrel by the Moffats. Are you ready? Yeah. A nut talk at that song, Jay. That was Earl the Christmas Squirrel by the Moffats. Initial impressions? Uh, just you know, just a couple of young guys singing about nuts. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, an interesting song. The reason I included it today is because I had never heard of Earl the Christmas Squirrel. Yeah. And I think part of our job in doing this show is to surface that obscure music. And if I haven't heard of it, I'm, it's a pretty fair bet that a lot of other people haven't heard it. So I'd be surprised if more than a couple people in the audience knew of Earl the Christmas Squirrel by the Muffets. Yeah, I feel like, you know, this comes from, Scott, if you don't mind me stealing a show note here, no, no, this comes do. from the 1996 album, A Moffat Christmas. And I feel like you don't get to put out an album named after yourself unless you've already achieved a certain amount of notoriety in this case. Like, you, like because otherwise it's like, well, who? who, who? Yeah. Like, it would be one thing if you were like, you know, I, I can't think of it going off the top of my head, but like a Kanye West Christmas or something like that. Right? People are like, oh, I know who Kanye West is, so I'm going to buy this maybe. Yeah, you know? a J-Lock. Chappelle Christmas. What? Yeah, exactly. So what? You know, <laughs> why do? Good for you. But uh, yeah, this was definitely this was an interesting. Uh, I'm not sure where to place this one, man. I kind of felt a little uncomfortable. I, I'm not really sure either. You mentioned this is from the 1996 album A Moffat Christmas. I had never heard of the Moffats. They're a Canadian pop rock country band composed of brothers Scott, Clint, Bob, and Dave Moffat. Scott was born in 1983, and the other three were triplets. Bob, Clinton, Dave were born 11 months later. So 1983, 1984, so they were like 11, 12 years old when this album came out. I wasn't actually certain that was those were boys' voices the first time I heard yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for that age, though, this is pretty impressive uh, in, ter- in terms of it sounds really well put together. I'll have to pull up their wiki or take a look, but have they had, do you know if they've achieved any kind of fame outside of this? From what I gather, from the limited amount of research I did, I get the feeling these are pretty popular kids in Canada. I don't know if it's like the Canadian Hanson brothers, unless the Hanson brothers are Canadian. I have no idea, but I think they were kind of popular which is probably why they could put out a Moffat Christmas to your earlier point. Right. I do have a funny note on these brothers though. I mentioned that Bob, Clint, and Dave were triplets. I didn't know this was possible. Bob and Clint are identical twins, and Dave is a fraternal triplet. Can you imagine carrying that around in your life? Interesting. That you were the odd man out of the triplets, you know? Yeah. I just just feel like I'd have a tough time with that my entire life. I'd be in therapy for a while. Never measuring up, you know? Yeah, that's like an evil genius origin story right there. Um, So, no, uh, the other thing that I know about the Moffats from the research is they didn't stick with this country kid boy sound for very long. They reimagined themselves several times. And now they're in their, gosh, if they were born in 83, they're in their late 30s now. They don't look like a clean-cut group anymore. So I, I don't really know what to make of the whole thing. Right. It's just a weird, obscure song that fit our topic today, and I wanted to include it. We had room for a sixth song today, so I thought we'd put that in. Perhaps a, a, life, a life singing about nuts led them astray. And we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to follow up on them in a future episode. Moffat Brothers, where are they now? Yeah, and a quick note on the lyrics. The song is about a squirrel named Earl who collects nuts all year long for Santa. So in the song, Santa sees Earl hopping around the trees collecting nuts and says, hey, can you do that for me? And now he works for Santa collecting nuts from all around the world and I guess bringing them to the North Pole. Uh, it kind of doesn't jive well with the mythos of Santa. You know, like, couldn't Santa just get his own nuts? I, I don't I don't understand. Yeah. Um, so definitely not going to be my pick of the week, but an interesting song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our six songs today. We've come to the roundup portion. This one's going to be a little tougher this week. What was your standout track of the week? 
Yeah, I mean, that's not going to be a hard one for me to choose at all. There were definitely a few here that I, I have to take a pass on, but I'm going Christmas is going to the dogs by the eels. Excellent. I'm going to go with Dominic the Donkey by Biagio because I love that song. And I thought the dance version was kind of, you know, kind of a banger. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want a bumper sticker that says, what's the matter you.com. <laughs> <laughs> I got to remember to put that in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Thank you for joining us today, everybody. If you haven't already done so, this is the begging portion of the show. If you could tell a friend about the show and or rate us on Apple Podcasts, that would be extremely helpful. All we want to do is reach more people, and your help would be greatly appreciated on that. And, uh, Jay, any closing thoughts on Christmas songs about animals before we wrap up the month of July? Uh, you know, I, this was a great topic. Happy anniversary to us. And just want to yeah. echo what you said. Please go out, check us out on iTunes, subscribe, uh, leave a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. And one of the greatest parts of doing this are the, the notes and the messages that we get from folks who are listening. So thank you so much for all the comments and the thoughts. And uh, really appreciate it. And again, happy anniversary, dude. Yeah, you too, man. It's been a great year. Let's do another one. Right on, dude. Cool. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. We'll see you again in two weeks. And until then, Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. All music used in this episode is property of its respective copyright owner, and no infringement is intended. These clips were played under the expectation of fair use for purposes of education or commentary. You can find links to all the songs we played in the show notes. Please don't sue us. We don't make any money from this. The worst episode ever.